Well, amen. Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. First Baptist Church of Midway Village. Good to see you guys. Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Beautiful day today. Good to see everyone. I want to preach about a relationship with Christ. A relationship with Christ. So many things are meant by this. A relationship with Christ. We, we meet people that say, oh, I've got a relationship with Christ. And what they mean is that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to read the Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't need any of that stuff because I've got a relationship. Just me and the Lord. Just me and my old chum. And he knows. And that's not the relationship the Bible would have you to have. And that's not what I want to talk about. But that is what most often people mean when they tell us they have a relationship with Christ. Then we meet and there's a right way to say you need to have a relationship with Christ. That's what that's what salvation is, is a relationship with Christ. But let me just go ahead and tell you, my relationship with Christ was initiated when I realized, oh, no, I'm a dirty dog sinner that deserves hell. And this man hath done nothing amiss, but he paid the price for my sins. Lord, save my soul. Please apply that gift to my account. That's where the relationship began. And it should grow from there, but that's where the relationship starts. And if a relationship doesn't start there with Christ, you don't have it. There's all kinds of different relationships, and they have to start in a certain way, you know, marriage relationship, a friendship, whatever. It's got to it's gotta have some certain qualifications, or else you can't call it a relationship. A relationship with Christ, and that's another thing. People, people will try to say, well, you know, it's not about, you know, what you believe. It's not about getting any of this stuff right. It's not about what you, it's just about the relationship, man. So there's so many ways we can take it. There's a ditch on both sides, as they say. And you can mess this up either way with a relationship with Christ. But let me tell you, this is a convicting message to me. As I put it together, it's a hard message to put together because it's convicting to me. And when it's not convicting to me, boy, I come up here and preach it hard and bold. And when it's really convicting to me, I have a hard time preaching it. That's the truth. This message is convicting to me. So the Bible says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So there is one friend that's that's closer than even family. That And if you want to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. So the Bible says. So let's read just a little bit out of John chapter 14. Look at verse 13. I'll just read, I don't know, like 12 or 13 verses of it. And then we're going to go into John 15. And I want to talk about a little bit of that. So John chapter 14, look at verse 13. It says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day shall at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, 
He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being present, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Sorry. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's stop right there. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the relationship that you've set up that we can have with you. Thank you for, Lord, giving us a mediator, somebody that we can be able to go to God and have a, a way to God and, and a way of reconciliation, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us to acknowledge that and appreciate that and love that. And I pray that you'd help me to preach this message the way you'd have it preached. I pray that you'd help me, Lord, soften my heart, soften the hearts of the people here. I pray that you'd use this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so like I said, if you want to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's Jesus Christ, and that's who we're going to talk about. The Bible says in John chapter 14, a bunch of stuff. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'm just going to pick some of these things out. It says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. One more. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So there is great comfort in this friend. This is a, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's what the Bible's telling us about we can have. But it's to be acquired by being a good friend. And there are, you know, so many. If you want to be a good husband, you keep your marriage vows, right? If you want to be a good father, you, you raise your kids, you discipline your kids. Specifically, that's what the Bible says, is spare not the child or spare not the rod and, and, and don't let thy soul spare for his crying. So there are some things that we're going to do if we want to fulfill our obligations in these relationships. And the Bible says that if you want to be a follower of the Lord, if you want to love the Lord, you need to keep his commandments. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So you need to be a good friend. You got to be somebody that keeps their end of the deal. Let's look in John chapter 15. And I want to go through this, John chapter 15, just maybe half the verses, not even half the verses, and talk about them because a lot of this is in here. John chapter 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So right away we can see if you abide in Christ, you're going to bear fruit. And the fruit is going to be something that would benefit Christ, the body of Christ, the, the seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The fruit you're bearing should be something that is, that is a benefit to the kingdom of God. If you're abiding Christ, you're going to bear fruit and you can expect to be purged in order to bear more. And that's just, that's just life. You can expect life. But if you abide not in Christ, you're not going to bear fruit 
and you can expect to be taken away, have no more opportunity to bear fruit. And uh, this is not the message, but a lot of people, I believe, are not bearing any fruit, but they say, oh, it's purging. You know, the Lord's putting me through this stuff. No, you're not going through purging. You're reaping what you sow. If you're bearing no fruit, that's a problem. And what is the fruit? Well, the fruit in this instance is just obedience. It's just obeying God's commandments. So you say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, just obey God's word. That's what it says to do. In John chapter 15, verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So everything you need to fulfill this relationship, everything you need to be in the relationship with Christ that you want to be in. It's all about a relationship. We talk about a relationship. We say, I have a relationship with Christ. We tell people they need to have a relationship with Christ. We tell them it's not a religion. It's a relationship. And that's right. But all the things you need to be able to maintain the relationship the way God would have it maintained are in the Word of God. All the instruction, all the correction, all the advice, every course of action, you know, all the admonition, it's all there in God's word. Every impasse that you could possibly come upon, every dilemma in your life, you know, you may not find the exact circumstances in the Bible, but if you'll read the Bible with an open and willing heart, God will show you the principles you need to apply to your circumstances. You might not find your circumstances in there, but this is how you have a relationship with Christ. You simply, you do things God's way. The Bible says in John 15, 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. So you've, you've got no chance at success, at a fruitful life, at bearing fruit, at being a good Christian. And really, that's what, if you have a relationship with Christ like you ought to have, you're a Christian. You're Christ-like. That's what that means. So you've got no chance at that if you're not abiding in Christ. And it's not just, you know, I've met Christ, I've considered Christ, so now I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. No, that's not what it means. Abide. I've given you the definition of abide here from Webster's 1828. It says, abide, to be or exist, to continue, to dwell, rest, continue, stand firm or be stationary for any time indefinitely, to rest or dwell, to tarry or stay, to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm and immovable, to remain, to continue, to wait for, to be prepared for, to await, to endure or sustain, to bear or endure, to bear patiently. So abide, it just means to stay put, stay in there, dwell in there. John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. You say, well, Brother Bo, that's not true. I know plenty of people that don't have Christ, and they're just living extremely successful lives. Well, first of all, you need to realize that success is a subjective evaluation, all right? What I may call success, you may not call success. Somebody may have success in some arena that we would say is just fruitless and worthless and a complete waste of time. We would not call that success. Somebody may have success in another arena that we would think is fantastic and successful. So success is subjective. It is not, you know, success in this instance is to be in God's will. And something my old pastor used to say, and I think about it a lot, the worst thing that can happen to a guy or a person or a Christian or really anybody, certainly a Christian, is to have success outside of God's will. You know, it's like fool's gold. It, it, you say, well, it doesn't look like the worst thing to me, but that's because your perspective is wrong and you're misevaluating what success is. Success should be evaluated with, through the light, through the lens of God's word. 
And you should, you should look at your life and the plan you have for your life through the lens of God's word. And if the plan you've got for your life is, is in disagreement with God's word, then even if you achieve it, just knock it out of the park, it's not success. It's not success. The worst thing that can happen to a guy is to have success outside of God's will. Again, you say, well, you know, I don't know about that. But I would say it's because your perspective is not right. The Bible says, when the wicked spring as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish... It is that they shall be destroyed forever. Psalm 37. I'm going to read a few verses out of Psalm 37. If you want to, you can turn there. I'll read eight or ten verses. It says in verse 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. You know what I'm doing? I'm just throwing you a chunk of Scripture that well says what I'm trying to say. The Bible can say it better than I can say it. So let's just let the Word just it's hear it. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. There's the obedience. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Hey, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Did you know that? He wants to. You just have to align your heart with his will. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. That's the truth. Delight thyself also in the Lord. and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Rest, abide, and wait patiently for him. Remember, abide was to wait patiently. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, though thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So it's about abiding in Christ. And you talk about somebody that's having success outside of Christ. It's just so that they'd be cut down and destroyed forever, is what the Bible says. So... Again, success is subjective, and God wants to give you, wants to give you the desires of your heart, but you've got to align your heart with His will. I want to turn to 1 John 5, but let's go through a couple more verses. In verse 6 of John 15, it says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So abide not in Christ is to just be cast into the fire and burned. You, that would mean in a salvation sense, obviously, if you won't be saved, if you won't abide in Christ, if you won't trust in Christ, rest in Christ, you'll be cast in the fire and burned eternally. That's hell. But also, if you won't abide in Christ as a Christian and you won't obey the Lord, all your works will be burned up. You'll, you'll suffer loss. You'll not have any silver or gold or precious jewels or stones. You're just going to be burned up wood, hay, and stubble. All of it will be burned, cast into the fire. Abide in Christ, and we see you got rest, you dwell, you remain, you wait, you're prepared, you sustain, you have great ability. Look at verse 7 of John 15. If you abide in me, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples." 
God wants you to bear fruit. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, towards the end of your Bible. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation. 1st John chapter 5. So, if you don't align your desires, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. But if you don't align your will with God's will, then you're just asking for success. You're just praying for and asking for success outside of God's will, which is not going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a curse to you. It's going to be like it's going to be like getting your inheritance early and going and spending it in the pig pen is what it's going to be like. You don't want that. First John chapter five. Let's just well, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but let's start in verse one. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now right away, if you believe on Jesus Christ, you're born of God. It says, as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You're a child of God. Then it says, everyone that loveth him that beget, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now you could apply this to 1 John chapter 2 and loving the children of God, but I think the best application for this is if you love God, you're going to love Christ. If you love the Lord, if you love God in heaven, you're going to fall broken before his son and submit to his son and receive his son as your savior. Everyone that loveth him that beget, loveth him also that is begotten of him. I don't even probably have to quote the verse, but you know, the Bible says that um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Just to remind you, everyone that loveth him that beget, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is what we're talking about. Having a relationship. What is required of a relationship? Well, it's, if you're married, it's required to keep your vows. You know, if you're a father, it's required you raise your kids. If you're, if whatever the relationship requires, in this relationship, it's required you keep his commandments. The Bible says if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, verse 3, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whoever's put their faith in Jesus Christ, you've overcome the destroyer, the wicked one. You've overcome hell. You've overcome the world. You'll be placed into heaven on Jesus Christ's righteousness. But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. As a person who's here... A Christian who's here, how do you overcome the world in a day-to-day, everyday sense? By your faith. Well, you say, well, Bo, I have great faith. I have a, I have a relationship with Jesus. Well, do you obey his commandments? Because it's going to take faith to do that. It's going to take faith to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do or you don't necessarily see the end of or you don't necessarily think are right, but it is what God says, and you're sure about that, and you know that. Well, it's going to take faith to do that. And the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory. That overcometh the world, even our faith. So again, we apply it two ways. We apply it the one time, the victory, salvation, or we can apply it victory in your day-to-day life is to live by faith, walk by faith. The Bible says, um, um, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So how can you do that? Well, you just keep his commandments. All this is about keeping his commandments. You know, everybody says they've got a relationship with the Lord. And what we tell people is that they need to have a relationship with the Lord. Well, what I'm explaining to you, and this is a convicting message to me. I told you that right off the bat. What I'm explaining to you is what it takes to have a good relationship with God. This is what it takes, keeping his commandments, walking by faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. This is he that came by water and blood. 
even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Jesus Christ was born into this world. He's also legitimately the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit testifies of that. And I've said this before, that's why the God-haters of this world hate Jesus. They don't hate another Jesus. They don't hate Allah. They don't hate Buddha. They hate Jesus Christ of the Bible, because He's the one that the Holy Spirit is bearing record of and telling them they need to fall broken before. They won't do it. That's the problem. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are one. I'm getting to a point I want to get to. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. And I want to go down in verse 13. These things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. We know that that's God's will. And we know that if we believe on the Son, if we trust the Son, if we'd have the record in himself, we could be sure. Then it goes on. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Like I said, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. That's what he wants to do. But you've got to align your heart with his will or else you're just asking for success outside of God's will, which is just going to be a curse. It's not going to be a blessing to you anyway. So a relationship, we see here, a relationship is something where there's some give and take. If you love him, keep his commandments. By the way, we have this confidence that if we ask something, he's going to hear it. And if he hears it, we know that we'll have whatever it is we ask if we ask according to his will. We don't ask amiss to fulfill our lusts. We ask according to his will. And I believe he'll grant the desires of our heart because he wants to do that. Just like I want to give my kids what they want. I do. I like rewarding my kids. I like giving them a gift or a present or whatever. And you guys are probably the same way. So is God the same way. The Bible says if we being evil know how to give a gift to our kids, you know, how much more does God? So again, he wants to give you the desires of your heart, but you've got to align it with his will. That's, that's the key. And I can give you lots of examples on that, but I'm going to go on. The Bible says in 1 John, or John chapter 15. Go back to John chapter 15. So let me say also, though, that a relationship, there are some requirements. And in this relationship, it requires some, all kinds of stuff. You know, I would, I would just put forth the five basics. Go to church, read your Bible, pray, tithe, and tell others. Those are for sure. God expects those in this relationship. That's just the basic baseline right away. But above that, I think I would just sum it up in mind God. Mind God. John 15, verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. So if you've been born again, God wants and expects you to keep your walk, just like it was when you got saved. Submissive and humble and in truth and in the Spirit. That's what it took you to get saved. That's what it's going to take you to walk in the light and be blessed of the Lord. Verse 10, if ye keep my commandments, this is how you do it, by the way, it's how you continue. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So just, again, just mind God. It's, it's so simple. I heard that at another church from another preacher, and it's so simple. It's just profound. Just mind God. Because whether I'm talking about specific scripture that I know or just that still small voice. Mind God says it all. Just mind God. Amen. Obey the Holy Spirit. Obey God's word. Know God's word. 
so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to your remembrance. The Bible says the Comforter will bring to your remembrance the things that you've heard. So if you've never heard it, you can't remember it. And you won't remember what you've never heard, but you'll remember what you've heard before. And you'll probably remember a lot quicker and a lot more thoroughly what you've heard a lot. And you're definitely going to remember what you've heard a lot and heard recently. So what are you saying, brother? Well, what I'm saying, read your Bible, go to church every time the doors are open, fill your heart and mind with the things of God so that your perspective that you're looking through is God's perspective. Your will is not my, for a long time, my prayer was that God would just make my will his will. Just make me want and desire what he wants and desires. And I found, that's a good prayer, but I found that he didn't do it. He's not going to do it. I've got this dang flesh. That's the truth. But it's very, very clear what God wants. When I'm praying, God, allow my will to align with your will. What I'm praying is, God, you know, make me not have to deal with the flesh. I'm going to have to deal with the flesh. That's not going to happen. It's not going anywhere. But if I'll fill myself with God's word, whether it be reading, and I don't get to read as much as I'd like to. When I do, sometimes I get really into it and I'll get a lot out of it. But then there's times when I don't get to as much as I'd like to. Well, you need to be listening to it and listen to messages and meditating on it. The point is... Just keep your your perspective through the lens of God's word and it'll all work out right. If you don't, then you're going to begin to desire things and ask for things and want things and go after things that are not God's will. And even if you find a way to achieve it, it won't be success. It won't be real success. It'll be fool's gold. You'll remember surely what you've heard a lot and recently. So put yourself under the sound of God's preaching. Read God's word. Listen to it. Just just make it a priority to you. Verse 11 of John 15. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So there's the trick. That's what Jesus Christ did. He's to be our example. That's the trick. You've got to lay down your life for that friend that sticketh closer, to, closer than a brother. The Bible says, John 3.30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. So, you know, what is it? Um, Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. For the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's what you got to do. Yet not I, but Christ which liveth in me. You got to die to yourself. And what does that mean? Well, that means the things that you want and you desire, you can pray like I did. God, just just make me want and desire the things that you want. He's not going to do it. I can tell you from experience, he's not going to do it. But what you can do is just forget about those things. Die to self. That means die to your desires and die to your will and die to your hope. You know, if you're not saved, that means die to any hope or expectation of ever being anything outside of the Lord. That mean, and, and by the way, if you're saved, same thing. Die to any hope or any expectation or any, um, any thought of ever being anything other than what God wants you to be and designing your life in a way that God wants you to design it. God gives you so much freedom, but you've got to do it according to his will, even according to his will. Like, here's a good example. We are an independent Baptist church and we run this church. Pastor Turk runs this church the way he believes is exactly what the Bible would have him do. There's nowhere where he says, "Eh, I know it says that, but we just like this a little better. Nowhere. Yet, yet, We're not exactly like any other church. 
And I do believe there's not a lot, but there are churches out there where people are doing things their very best in earnest, exactly like the Bible says to do it, yet it's not exactly the same. So the point is, though, we're all looking through the same prism and the same lens and we're all getting the same commandments and directives and certainly the same principles, there's still a lot of freedom. Your life and my life don't have to look exactly alike, but we have to apply the same principles. We have to look through the same lens. That's what this is. So again, there's conditions. The Bible says, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So that's the condition here. I'm just telling you, again, this is a a convicting message for me. I want to have a wonderful relationship with my Savior. None of us have the relationship that we ought to have. We all ought to strive to have a closer and better relationship, a closer walk with the Lord. But we don't. But the condition here is that we obey His commandments. That's the condition of this relationship. You know, the condition of your marriage is the vows. And sometimes those can be hard to keep for a variety of reasons. But if you love your wife, if you love your husband, you're going to keep your vows. That's the condition. It's really not a choice. That's the condition. the, the, The condition is obvious. If you love your kids... You're not going to spare the rod of correction. You're going, to, you're going to feed them. You're going to clothe them. You're going to give them the things that they need. And I'm just talking about the rod of correction because, again, like the vows, there are times when that can be hard. It can be difficult to apply the rod of correction. But the point is, it's not really optional. Just like keeping your vows is not optional, it's not optional to raise your kids the way God said. And there's the same thing here. If you want to be in God's will, you're going to keep His commandments. If you want to have a good relationship That's what we all say we've got, a relationship. Hey, who are you to judge me? i got a relationship with the Lord. Our relationship's just different. You know, we fist bump, and then I go my own way. That's not what the Bible says. You don't have a relationship. If If you said, I have a relationship with my wife, yet you don't keep your vows, it's not true. You don't have a relationship with your wife. You said, I have a, I have a right and good relationship with the Lord. Yeah, you don't keep his commandments. It's not true. You don't. It's not true. Convicting message to me because there's, we could all do better. We could all have a closer walk with our Savior. But if you love him, you're going to keep his commandments. That's what the Bible says. I've got a lot more. I'm really about out of time. Let me read this. John 15. I'll just close up with this. It says, Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. You say, well, you know, Brother Bo, I don't know about this, just keeping all God's commandments. This sound like any kind of friendship I want to be in. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What kind of friendship, what kind of relationship, what kind of association do you have where there are no conditions? Your marriage, your work, your children, your parents, everywhere there are conditions that you willingly submit to. Well, let me tell you, God's the greatest relationship you're going to have. And his conditions are not grievous. Others, the conditions of being my friend might grow grievous. They might, because I'm just a man and I'm wrong. And I may expect something out of you that's not right or not just. God expects nothing out of you that's not right or not just. The Bible says that it is our, our um, what does it say? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto me, which is your, and it says something else, um, but it says, which is your reasonable service so you present your body a living sacrifice you don't lay on the altar and die no you're living and you're doing it for god galatians 2 20 i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me for the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith by following the commandments by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me galatians 2 20 there you go hey He says, I call you not servants. The servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. 
For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, gave you power, gave you ability that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask, you shall ask of the Father in my name, in my power, in my authority, according to my will, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So having a relationship is more than just having met, and having a relationship is going to take time and effort and thought and action and work. It's going to take work. You know, what marriage doesn't take work? What Raising kids doesn't take work. It's not all just roses and Christianity of today. The, the Christianity that worships another Jesus. And I've preached about that, and I hate the fact that that's the case, but that is the case, and the Bible says it is, so we shouldn't be shy of it. There's another Jesus. And Christianity that preaches another Jesus says you can have a relationship your way, but the Bible says you'll do it God's way or you don't have a relationship. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your commandments. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you'd help us all to just be obedient and follow it. I pray that you'd help it to be clear and loud. I know it's still and small, but I pray that it'd be clear and loud and we'd know exactly what it is you'd have us to do, Lord. Help us to be obedient to that. I pray that you'd be with the messages to come. In Jesus' name, amen.